Hello and welcome to Forget the Numbers, the ACCA student podcast. I'm Connor and I'm once again here remotely with Alan. Hello. Today we're sharing a student story which was sent in to us about an unfortunate experience that someone had while working from home and the important advice they want to share with other students in light of this. We also look at recent news stories surrounding the impact of the coronavirus on the airline industry and discuss the potential long-term implications the pandemic may have on it. So Alan, we are always encouraging students to to send questions in, topics they'd like covered or talked about and, you know, feedback on their own experience. Um, And what's great is, you know, we we do get um, different things back, but someone's come to us this week with some really detailed um, kind of feedback on an experience they had and and advice that they want to want to share. So we're going to make that the focus of the podcast today, which is their story. Um, And I think, you know, at the beginning of the the kind of pandemic and the outbreak, we had lots of podcasts on working and studying from home. But as decisions were made in exams and the focus kind of got back to study, we did as well. So and you probably find that it yourself, it's become the, the new normal working from home. Yeah, I think um, it is the new normal. And I think we've even talked, we've had ups and downs and we've had days and weeks that are a little bit harder to get motivated for or you're kind of maybe lacking a bit of direction that generally being in the office and, and other people kind of motoring about or beavering about would have given you the kind of the lift that you need or having a meeting. Um, and definitely when we saw, like we get, as you said, we get a lot of messages in, we get a lot of emails in, but I think um, what we're going to talk about today really highlighted a number of things that probably everybody is thinking, but really kind of told the story very well. And it's, it's, it's definitely the hard part of what everybody's been going through and uh, it's kind of brave to share that message because we all kind of, there's an element of everybody, ah sure, we'll just get on with it and it'll be fine and, and, and you know, we just smile and keep going and we won't complain too much. But I kind of think the story today is our students probably mentally in a better place for having acknowledge what he's going through rather than... Um, and uh, what some of us are doing is kind of just trying to ignore it and, and kind of play through it all. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's the other thing. And I know we were talking at the start of this week, I, we can't believe how many weeks have gone by. And you can, you know, people were very conscious as they moved to working and studying from home about, you know, making sure they did all those things to keep themselves in a good headspace. But over time, you can forget that and lose sight of those. So so we did um, want to highlight this story and thank this student for, for sharing. So we're going to kind of circle back on some of this um, important advice about studying home that they've shared. But I want to sh- go through their story as they, they said it to us, first of all, which does highlight some of the, the risks you might find in the current lockdown and maybe some adjustments you need to make and, and really the importance of, of listening to the advice we're given and advice you're hearing in other areas. Um, so I'm going to now talk of what the student had sent to us. So they said, I started working from home on the 19th of March. I had not worked from home prior to that, of course, not counting the odd report or two that I had to work on over weekends. With the 31st of March being the year end for the company, the period from the end of March through most of April is normally the busiest in the financial calendar for me. I worked away over the subsequent weeks and weekends, working all four days of the long Easter weekend as well. 
So the student then goes on to explain that on the 21st of April, they woke up with a number of unusual symptoms, including feeling tight and restricted around the side of their mouth and eyes, and pain behind their right ear, which didn't go away for a few days. And they rightly so followed up with their GP, who asked them to come in for an exam. And they diagnosed them with, with a, a facial um, issue, um, which was caused by inflammation of the facial nerve. Um, it was explained to them that what actually gives rise to this isn't clear, but it can be anything from a viral infection um, to stress. And the doctor explained that, that you know, it can take weeks, even months for this to resolve. So following on from this, um, th- what the student said to us, which is really important, is, so I've been looking at what could have led to this condition and what I've been doing in the period leading up to the symptoms appearing on the 21st of April. Before this lockdown, I walk to work every day, so there is automatically half an hour of exercise per day built in. My office is on the fourth floor, and I will always walk up the 80 steps to the office, never take the list, so a minimum of 320 steps a day. At lunchtime, I walk anywhere between 15 to 45 minutes, so without realizing it, my exercise has been built into my working week. Over the month of leading to 21st of April, working from home, I had only driven to the supermarket on Thursdays for food shopping, and apart from a little housework, I was sitting down most of the time from the laptop for hours at a stretch without breaks. So people need to be aware of the risks with working from home and ensure that sufficient attention is given to the advice. So they go on to give um, a few different points of advice, which is really important and which I'd like us to, to go through individually and we can kind of talk about. But really what they were trying to highlight is, you know, you can lose sight in the shift in your routine and it can you know, have a, a huge effect, not just on you mentally, but but different aspects physically. So the advice which they go on, which we'll look at one by one first, is to take regular breaks away from your screen. Um, so Alan, is that something you've been doing or have found a, a change? Yeah, it's something you have to train yourself to do. And I think when you're in an office, you automatically do it because people are walking around you. So you lift your head up and you look at what's going on around you. You might look out the window. Somebody might have a conversation with you. So like normally in the office, we sit pretty close together. So we'd regularly talk. So kind of when you talk to me, I generally look at you. I don't stare at the screen. So you have these kind of um, natural breaks that just happen. And and this student talks about how they sat for hours in front of the computer because they're not that natural movement isn't being encouraged. So you kind of, I, I've tried to, I probably drink, more tea than I ever did but uh, that's kind of my excuse that I kind of I get up and I don't have a big bottle of water at the desk I have a small glass and you try and kind of hold every time I want water at least I get to move so you you kind of have to come up with triggers to get yourself to move because as the student says you can really get into that habit of, of um of just sitting there for hours and sitting in the same place different mm-hmm. me with kids because I'm usually chasing one of them around so hard <laughs> the odd time but it is especially if you're if you're on your own or you have no reason to you kind of have to give yourself reason and motivation to move as well so uh i can see how they got into that situation yeah and i think the other thing when you're in your own house as well um and you have to be conscious of this is that when you take a break it's not moving from your work or study laptop going in and watching tv coming back yeah. to your laptop or you know going sitting down looking at your phone again when you're getting out of your house you have a lot more of that built-in time where you're walking you're going to meetings you're you're dealing with other people but you can easily in your house just you know fall on that track particularly like this person if you're working late of going in and watching tv and, and you're never getting that break from the screen and um, yeah. so the next point and it's something that we we highlight all the time on this is the importance of exercise and they talked about 
you know, n- not even the actually purposely going out to exercise, but the amount of exercise you get in in a given day if you walk in and out of work, take a break at lunch. So I think that's hugely important. Yeah, and I think, again, I was, um, when I look at my steps and, and I do running and stuff, but a lot of what my maybe my steps I would have used beforehand where I, I'd get on the train but there'd be a walk to work and there'd be a walk back to the train and there's walks on the other side um, and as you've mentioned even people going to the gym they're walking to the gym and then when you get at home and you're not going to the gym and you're not doing things like that and as you mentioned it's it's getting in the car once a week to shop on, on, on a Thursday and then you're kind of back to it so you, you really forget and I think one thing that was really well highlighted was the the exercise that's built into your normal working day and you have to keep that going. And it's really, it's like it, you have to build up a new routine and you can get out. What it does show, and we talk about this with students studying all the time, it's hard to build up a routine, but you can really lose a routine very, very quickly when it's kind of taken away from you and, and you haven't, you don't think about the little things that have the huge impact on keeping your health. Yeah, and I think, again, that's where it, it can be so easy to lose your routine. You can generally be a person who does exercise a lot, gets a lot of fresh air, eats very well, which is the next point we're looking at. And just because of this change up in routine, you, you don't even realize how much you're kind of falling behind on those different aspects. But I do think their point, the, the next one was how important a healthy diet is. And that's something you do have to um, catch yourself with again at the moment. It's easy to, you know, to fall in the trap of, of getting, let's say more takeaways because you're in your house or snacking more or having more treats that are there that you're, you're buying for yourself in the shop because you're stuck indoors. But I think consciously eating well, you know, a healthy diet is not just important for feeling good, but your concentration, your sleep, um, you know, how effective your exercise is, all, all of that comes from that. So I think that's hugely important. Well, I think a friend of mine recently says that why are all his clothes shrinking during lockdown? And I think it is a thing hmm. because you're you're beside the fridge, you're beside you're in your house. It's so easy. You kind of find yourself eating and you don't even remember that you could have got anything sometimes. Yeah. Or certainly I would find certainly during the day, like lunches are bigger. You get more extravagant at home. You end up cooking food. Yeah. That maybe you would have just got a, a normal sandwich at lunchtime and you end up sitting down to a, a nearly a meal at lunchtime and you're sitting there thinking, oh, I wonder what I'll have for dinner. And it is and it is hard. And I think. There's been a lot of advice about people saying, eat what you want. It's locked down. It's already stressful enough. Don't worry about food. And there is an element of truth in that. And there's certainly an element of giving yourself maybe some more treats than you're used to. But a completely health unhealthy diet, and this student points it out. And it's important to know that this isn't just what we think. This is now personal experience from somebody. Um, an unhealthy diet can be really negative. It, it can... It can take away your energy. It can take away your concentration. It can make everything seem a little bit harder. And I think it can, there's that famous movie about the guy eating 30 days of, of McDonald's yeah. um, and, and what it did to his body and what it did to energy. And it wasn't just the weight. The weight was the easy thing in the end. It was the change in, in his organs and the change in his health. So it, it's been proven that bad food over a long period of time is bad for your body and bad for your mind as well. So there's just that balance to be struck um, that that's really important without it. Like I'm certainly not sitting in my ivory tower telling everybody here I'm eating perfectly. No, and, and I probably my, went my, the other way myself for a while. Yeah, my calorie control diet. But I think there's a, 
there's a balance in there where you can still make yourself feel good without actually kind of badly affecting your health. Yeah. So the next one is is something which maybe we haven't uh, mentioned yet, but it has been something I think about is, you know, the, the importance of setting up a good work uh, space so that you can have good posture maintained throughout your day. And, you know, this is something interesting. And Alan, you might have noticed we've, you know, very comfy, good chairs that we have at our desks in the office. But now I'm on one of my kitchen chairs. It's definitely not the same. It's, you know, it's not the same support and you can fall into that trap of getting bad posture and sitting in a bad position for the day, you know, you might not notice it initially, but it can put a strain on your muscles. It can cause things to seize up. And then when you go to do exercise or go to move, you know, you can, you can then cause a bigger issue. So it is really important that you, you try to create, you know, a, a comfortable workspace where you can maintain that good posture. And I think that comes back to the point, like you said, of, of not sitting for hours on end in the one position of making sure you get up, even if it's every half hour, every 45 minutes to get a glass of water or something, but just keeping your body loose and not letting things uh, seize up. I, I've noticed that it's my age compared to you, Connor, but I've noticed <laughs> that in my, um, that, uh, sitting there for too long. And I think, I, I think I have something worse than a kitchen chair and I have a cushion at the back and I have two cushions uh, on the seat and I'm forever changing them and and every Monday I set it up slightly different then I turn the screens I'm forever messing with the screens and putting them different sides of a desk and and again when I'm recording this podcast I go up to a room and I I, I stand when I'm doing it just for <laughs> something different yeah but I think that posture thing is really and again it's all it's posture in itself isn't the end of the world if it's not great for a few months but if you're eating badly and there's bad posture and you're not sleeping well and you're not taking regular breaks and you're working too much it's i think it's that collection too it's it's all of these things added together is probably what 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 would bring your downfall yeah and i think that the good thing is you know there's there's some solutions that tackle a lot of these, like the next one, which they talked about was the importance of getting out, um, you know, into fresh air, into sunshine, getting fresh air, vitamin D, the the effect that has for your body. And, you know, that just doesn't help in terms of, as we said, fresh air and vitamin D. It also gets you up. It gets you up from your desk. It gets you away from a screen into natural light. If you're, you know, able to, depending on your restrictions, if you're able to go out for a walk around somewhere, you know, it gets you, it gives you that exercise. So there's all of these things are kind of linked. And if you can get in good habits, you know, I, for example, would every lunch, I'd go for about a half hour walk, I'd go for maybe a walk or a run or a cycle in the evening. And it's, you get all that, then you get that break from the laptop, you get the exercise, you get out in the fresh air. So I think that's really important as well. Well, I think we've all begun to realize that there, there is going to be a new normal in the world, whatever that might be. And I do think for most people, working from home um is going to be part of that new normal whether it's every day or part of a week i don't i I don't think a lot of people will go back to working in office five days a week i noticed twitter said yesterday that they believe that there'll be some employees that will uh, that will never work in the office again yeah Um, and that's not losing their jobs that is still working for twitter but uh, working from home for effectively the rest of their career the rest of the time they spend with twitter for example and i do think that and so I think at the beginning we were all thinking, oh yeah, this is a, this is a new thing, and and we'll be okay after a while, and we just have to come up with our own way of doing it. But I, uh, I think the reality is that it's going to go on longer than anybody probably originally thought, and that it really isn't. Oh, it's just a short term thing. These are, 
this is things you have to put in place because and expect the fact that in all likelihood working from home for a lot of people will be part of your the rest of your working life yeah and i think as you said it's it's easy in the short term when you think it's only temporary for people not to get in that good routine and they're waiting for things to get back to the previous normal but i think seeing how it's going now getting that good routine now will make such a difference not just to your work and study but also to your your well-being so they were really really good points i don't think we could have made a, a better list on those ones and, and stuff that we certainly value and um, so really would like to thank the student for those there was two additional things which i wanted to to highlight on that um the first is just sleep i think you know particularly when people are very busy and they're doing different things not letting yourself get get run down at the moment i think is hugely important it gives you a chance that uh, your muscles that chance to relax um, so I think that's really important. But the other one that I wanted to highlight, which I think is very important in particular in the case of this student, is, you know, not being afraid to reach out, com- communicate with others, be realistic with your work. And, you know, if you're feeling a lot of, under a lot of pressure to talk with your employers, I think employers have a responsibility at the moment to their employees. And sometimes when you're out of the office, you're out of sight and people ignore the potential workloads that that people are on because they can't see how busy they are. So don't be afraid at the moment if you find yourself under huge pressure um, or with a huge amount of work. I, I think, you know, address that because it, it's not worth it having a really bad effect on, on your own well-being and in the case of this person, having further implications. I think if everybody was as brave as this student the world in general would be a healthier place and companies would probably be more efficient at the end. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for extra content, important news, live streams, study tips and much more. So Connor, for today's news stories, it's a little bit of an interest story for me. Um, And we've talked about how airlines are being affected by coronavirus. And we talked about passenger numbers in the past and and how people aren't flying. We talked about environmental. But now I'm kind of looking at it from the other perspective, which is nearly from the perspective of the bailout. And some people questioning the value of airlines and and the, the need for airlines. It's quite funny all of a sudden that people are are looking at different ways and like just a few things that have happened so um the european union has approved that air france klm who is it's a french dutch airline for anybody who doesn't know um, they approved a bailout of 7.7 billion dollars or 7 billion euro that they're going to get from the two uh the two governments which is just it's it's massive amount staggering yeah (laughs) well it's not it's not to build the companies going forward it's just to keep them Afloat, I guess. It's, or in the air. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, or not in the air, as the, as the case may be. Yeah. Um, and that's really, and and again, it's it's the other things, and it's the link between them because they're a big Airbus customer. So again, within France, Airbus is a big is a big company. It's a big employer. So it's really, it's it's funny how it's not just a bailout for them, it's the bailout for them giving Airbus a bailout and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so there's that side, and then you have different groups of people saying the other side, well, like you look at all the, the short haul flights. So whatever about flying from France to New York, for example, there's only one way of getting there if you want to or have to go there. Um, 
but really looking at those regional flights and, and I've always said it a little bit myself and people who fly within countries and you they kind of say oh well it takes three hours to fly or three hours on the train but or sorry three hours to drive three hours on the play uh, on the train but it's only 50 minutes to fly and you're thinking yes but you have to get to the airport and you have to get to security and you have to be there yeah your, your end-to-end journey is sometimes a lot longer than it would be if you were in your car or from a carbon emission perspective on a train so there's other bodies, and, and again in France, are thinking, well, should they allow these flights to go ahead again? Should they? Are they justified from a carbon emission perspective? And are they are they routes that should be bailed out? In 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 fact, and and it's really interesting how kind of especially with airlines because they're people depend on them so much and use them so much, but now that they're not using them, they're beginning to look at travel in a slightly different way. And and it it'll be really it's kind of really interesting to see where this might end. Will it be yeah. less planes in the sky? Will it be uh, and, I, and which will obviously help the environment? But it's it'll take people going back to the train, going back to more traditional methods of travel would be interesting. Yeah, and I think you know the other side is should these be bailed out at the at the loss of the trains then who are covering these routes in a more sustainable way? But I do think that point around people's flying habits and you know people are always going to have a a reason to to go to other countries but i think um in terms of the way that it's been been done where it's kind of fleeting visits for a day's business trip or you know deciding to go on a on a holiday abroad rather than in your own country i think a lot of those habits are going to to change certainly they will they're forced to at the moment and you know the the long-term impact of that I know, um, you know, Warren Buffett, I don't know if you saw, he, he dumped, I think, his four billion stake in across different US airlines, because he just thinks, fundamentally, those um, industries are changing. And it's, you know, it's, it's not the industry that he'd invested in. And it's, it's going to be a post coronavirus, it's going to be a very different um, world for the airlines. Yeah, so, and then you kind of look at and like if we were working at an airline, we'd probably be doing exactly what they're doing. And Ryanair are trying to kind of, I guess, guess in their way, put pressure on on governments and on the EU, Ryanair for example. Yeah. In, in good Ryanair, make an announcement that is kind of, like, well, we're going to decide what to do. You come and tell us we're wrong. Yeah. And like, so they're talking about a thousand flights a day by, by July and temperature checks. And they're saying they have hospital grade filters in. And so they're talking about forty percent of their flights returning by July first, um, and it would you kind of go well is it? And they're taking a different tack. So people are saying, well, airline travel will be will be much more expensive, and it may be in the long term. But what Ryanair are trying to do now is they're actually offering much back to Ryanair prices, I guess, is what you yeah. associate with so the cheaper prices to encourage people to get into that habit of flying again, because I guess. The the danger is that people will say, well, you know what, it was better to drive, or it was quicker to drive, or more comfortable to drive, or get the train, hopefully, which is environmentally better, but that they've they've discovered better ways, especially or even like we're well used to getting at the six thirty flights and <laughs> meeting yeah. at five a.m. five a.m. in the morning when we're flying around to meet people. I won't miss that, <laughs> but but we don't miss that because we still had those meetings, we still had those yeah. things, and we still ha- achieved. I think, in a way, most of everything we would have achieved anyway. 
and, and, and you kind of go, well, I'd be thinking in my head, well, why would we do them anymore? Or why would we do as yeah. many or as regular? And I, and I think that, and again, there's, there's two ways to look at this environmental. Is it the right thing to do? But personally, like we're talking about this post-COVID world, world, but it's not a post-COVID world. It's a, it's a post-COVID stage one world yeah. where COVID is still real and it can come back at any time. And who's to say this is the last pandemic? Yeah. So you kind of got, is there a, do I want to sit in a plane in a packed plane for two hours flying somewhere? Do I want to? And, and that's, that's the interesting thing. So, and I can see Ryanair saying about pushing people back into the habit and getting people flying. Yeah. But what I feel comfortable going to an airport, wearing a face mask, seeing everybody else wearing a face mask, getting on a plane, sitting beside people, being um, like if a person beside you is coughing, like do you go, I want yeah. to sit somewhere else. I don't I don't know. It's a, it's just a it's a really weird it's a it's an industry that's a bit of a bellwether, I think, that will show how much the rest of the world will change. The, yeah. the overall effect on this, because it's such a a worldwide industry. And I think nine eleven was a big shock to the airline industry, for example, but it kind of returned. Um but I think this could this could be a real bellwether about the future of how people interact with each other and how they travel, and and, and it's, it's a fascinating story. Yeah, from from talking with people as well, um, you know, even my mom and I have a friend in Australia who is thinking of coming back for a wedding. But what they're saying at the moment is, okay, you know, let's say you could get a flight. Um, my mom is looking to supposed to go to France. She said, well, I could get that, but certain countries you then have to quarantine for two weeks mm-hmm. if you come home from and that is liable to change at any point my friend in australia if he comes back to australia he has to quarantine again for two weeks so people are looking at countries but you know government restrictions are still in place in places they're liable to come back at any stage no one knows what way that is going to go so even if you can book a ryanair flight in july for 20 euro you don't know if you know what on the other side of that and what it means for you coming back so i think they're trying to show confidence of getting things back to a normal but that normal you know they can't vouch for that at the moment so we're going to finish up there for today once again i'd like to thank the student who sent in their story and the really useful advice that we were able to share with other students today if anyone else has more stories or topics they'd like covered just send it in our chat support but from us here we'll talk to you again next week